Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're here listening to the Church on the Rock Leadership Podcast. My name is Heath Watts and I have the honor and privilege of serving this church as a lead pastor. Here at Church on the Rock, we are passionate about leadership growth and we are blessed with an amazing team of leaders. Each week our staff comes together and one of those leaders brings an encouraging word on biblical leadership. We believe and pray that this podcast will help you grow in your leadership journey. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, stay connected, and know when new episodes drop. Thanks for being a part of this. Now let's get started. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Heath. Uh, As he said, I am the Youth and Young Adults Director here at Church on the Rock. And um, the message I have today is for leaders who feel like they've come into an environment that is kind of downhill. I'm talking about leading downhill or how to lead when the proverbial poop hits the fan. (laughs) Several years ago, I was working at Marriott. I was a supervisor at Marriott. And one of my favorite parts of every shift was lunch because during lunch, I would go and eat a grilled chicken sandwich, hang out with my friends, FaceTime my wife. And during this time, it was a time of relaxing because I worked at the front desk as a front desk supervisor, so I was always getting yelled at, I was getting lambasted, it was constant, just barrage of craziness at the front desk. So I would leave the front desk, the craziness there, I would go on lunch, and then sometimes I would come back and it would be even worse than when I left. I would come back and at your service who was answering phones, they would say, this person's been cussing me out and I'm just about to go crazy on them. Can you take this phone call? Well, there's two people at the front desk that are checking in, groups of four that are all wanting to split their payment and it's the first time they've ever checked in somebody. So it's like everything is just going crazy all at once. And I come back and the desk is just in chaos. And I feel like, what am I going to do in this moment? How am I going to, how am, how am I going to rein this in? How am I going to change this atmosphere? How am I going to uh, create a place of really peace at the front desk? And I think a lot of us in leadership find ourselves in that boat. A lot of us in leadership find ourselves like, I was gone for five minutes. Why didn't you get this done? I was, I was gone for just a day. I went on vacation and I come back and my ministry is just gone, right? It's just crazy. Sometimes there are variables in leadership that we just cannot quantify. There are variables that we just can't really see how to fix. But I'm going to give you a few things that are going to help you whenever you feel like the poop has hit the fan. Okay, uh, we're opening up in Exodus chapter 32, verse 19. Exodus 32, verse 19. I'm going to set the stage here a little bit. Moses Moses goes onto Mount Sinai, and this is where he gets the Ten Commandments. There's a glory cloud covering Mount Sinai and all the people of Israel are looking up and they see a consuming fire on top of the mountain. And Moses is there for 40 days and 40 nights and he gets all of the plans for the tabernacle. He gets all of the plans for how, how all of the priests should dress. He gets all of these plans from God. He's talking and having these incredible conversations with God over the course of 40 days. And then he comes down out of that really high point in his life. He comes down from the mountaintop, and while he's coming downhill, he comes and he sees that his brother Aaron has made a grave error. He's made a grave mistake. So I'm going to talk to you about how Moses led coming downhill. Exodus 32 verse 19 says, so it was as soon as he came near the camp, 
that he saw the calf and dancing. So Moses' anger became hot, and he cast the tablets, the Ten Commandments, out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf which he had made, burned it in the fire, ground it into powder, and scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. And Moses said to Aaron, What did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. First of all, that's incredibly hilarious because he, he's already acted out in anger. He's like taken this calf and burned it and made it into ashes and then put it in the water and made the people drink it. He basically, he, he made people drink gold. That's kind of crazy, right? So he's already kind of gone crazy. Aaron, his brother's like, chill it out. Okay, chill it out. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said to me, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this, Moses, the man who brought us up out of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. They all just feel like directionless at this moment. And I said to them, whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me and I cast it in the fire and a calf came out. So he's explaining himself. He's saying, I did this because the people are telling me what to do. I did this because everything was just chaotic and you weren't here. You were up there. You were in the glory cloud. You were experiencing God. You were doing your thing. And I was down here and I just did the best with what I got. So I said, take off your earrings, throw them in a pile, burn them and we'll make a calf and we'll worship that. It got so bad to where they worshiped the calf as though the calf had brought them out and, and done the exodus for them, brought them out of Egypt. They started worshiping a calf like he had done it. They had been in slavery, and they said, this calf, this calf brought us out of Egypt. They started attributing what God had done to the work of man. So how does Moses deal with this? When he comes into a chaotic situation where he's having to lead really in a downhill environment, where everything, where every ounce of poop is hitting the fan, right? He's, he's having to deal with a really tough situation here. And we all, as leaders deal with these situations. We all as leaders deal with situations where we're gone for a day and we feel like everything has gone crazy. So out of this, we have a few things that Moses did and a few things that we can do when we're leading downhill. First of all, get busy doing God's work. Get busy doing God's work. The Israelites' problem was that they felt directionless because they put all their trust in Moses. Moses was the mouthpiece of God. When he was gone, they looked to Aaron, but Aaron wasn't a strong leader, so he, he just did what he could. He just picked up all the scraps and tried to make something out of it. True leaders don't look to please people like Aaron did. True leaders look to please God. They look to fulfill their God-given purpose, not gain more Instagram followers, not get more likes on Facebook, and not even to attain a greater paycheck. All of those, they can be good byproducts, but that's not why we do what we do as leaders. Why we do what we do as leaders is to please God. Why we do what we do as leaders is to entrust God with the people underneath us, to entrust God with what he's put under us. From this story of Moses, you can see that idleness leads to idolatry. Being idle leads to idolatry. James Cousins and Barry Posner wrote the book, The Leadership Challenge. Have any of you guys read that? It's an incredible book. I, if you haven't read it, you definitely need to read it. These guys have studied over the course of three to four decades now, and they have six or seven editions of this book. They've studied and had conversations and interviews with the top CEOs, people that are in the, big, the highest levels of leadership around our country, around the world, and they've nailed down leadership to five principles, they call it the five practices of exemplary leadership. 
And number one has a lot to do with this, this point that I'm talking about, getting busy doing God's work. Number one is model the way. Model the way. Any true leader has to model the way. Any true leader has to be the first one to go out as a pioneer. Any true leader has to say, okay, I see all of this chaos, all this mess that these people have made, but instead of complaining about it, I'm gonna go and burn the golden calf. I'm gonna go and throw down these tablets and I'm gonna get stuff done, right? I'm gonna get my hands, I'm gonna get down and dirty, I'm gonna get with my people and I'm gonna show them how to be led. I'm gonna show them this is the way to go. I'm gonna show them this is the direction that God is bringing us in. If you've come down from a mountaintop, it's from a mountaintop, it's time for you to get dirty with your people. Find the issues and fix them. Do the correcting you need to do. Break some systems that need to be broken. Proverbs 13 verse four says, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 18 says, because of laziness, the building decays and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. What does this mean? When people are lazy, systems break. When people are lazy, the house breaks. Literally, that's what Ecclesiastes says. It breaks. Systems break when people are lazy. So what God calls us to do is to come out of idleness that leads to idolatry and start walking into faithfulness. Walk in all the faithfulness that God has entrusted you in. If he has called you a leader, if he's put you on any, on any level of leadership, whether it's leading your family or leading in the workplace, leading in the church, where, leading wherever you are, if God's called you to leadership, then he has entrusted you and he has given you the capacity to do what you're called to do. So stop getting lazy. Get up off your pants or off your seat. Get, not off your pants. <laughs> get up off your, don't, don't take your pants off, guys. We want pants on in here. Everybody keep your pants on. Um, <laughs> we're not one of those churches, you know. Um, <laughs> get up off your seat. Get up off your seat and do some work. Get busy doing God's work. So back to Moses, what was the punishment for the people of Israel other than drinking gold? What was the punishment for the people of Israel that were breaking the law? Moses told the people who sided with him to go and kill their brothers, their companions, their neighbors. This was family against family. When the law of God came down from Mount Sinai, families were turned against family because of sin. Verse, 30, or verse 28 of chapter 32 says, So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. Then Moses said, Consecrate yourself to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing, for every man is opposed to his son and his brother. 3,000 men died when the law was broken. In Acts chapter 2, 3,000 became alive when Peter was endowed with the Holy Spirit. When, when the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter two and filled the upper room where they were sitting and they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, it says that Peter and the other 11 went out and started sharing the gospel and 3,000 people came into the kingdom that day. When the law came down from Mount Sinai, death came to 3,000. But when the law was fulfilled in Jesus and the Spirit was released to his people, 3,000 became alive. I believe that I believe that there's a distinct connection here that when we see what God, what God did in sending his son, his sacrifice paid for the spirit to be, be released in such a way that it has lasting life. 
So secondly, we see that proper leadership empowers through the Spirit. Proper leadership empowers through the Spirit. Don't exalt the do's and the don'ts or the law of God over the Spirit of God. Good leadership exalts the finished work of God over the unfinished work of man. Okay? While the law of God was good and had purpose, it still scripturally brought death. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 7, it says, Now if the ministry of death carved on letters on, carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? It was good. The law was good. The law kept people in check, right? It kept people in check. But Jesus came and he checked all the boxes, right? Jesus came and he said, I'm, I'm releasing my spirit to you and I can release my spirit to you because I have fulfilled the law. My son goes over to his grandparents' house and he likes riding on these little toddler tractors and they're really fun. They're both green, they're both yellow, they both look about the same, but one of them has a little more power than the other. One of them has, uh, one of them he has to kind of pedal and his feet can't really reach it, so I have to push him and I have to really do all the work and I have to get it done. The other one is battery powered and he just presses down on the pedal and he goes as fast as he wants. He, you know, does a wheelie. Not yet, he's two years old, so that would be kind of crazy. But, but he has a lot of fun on the powered one because he's able to do it all himself because he is empowered to. As leaders, your leadership needs to be with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You have to know you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to empower others. Whether you're here at church or whether you're in another workplace or whether you're even in your family, you have to know that the empowerment of the Holy Spirit needs to be held above just the list of do's and don'ts as leaders, okay? You need to know that there is one thing that is better. There's one thing that's greater. There's, there's something that doesn't require you pushing and doing all the effort, right? It doesn't require you doing everything. You can actually choose to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit and see the people underneath you flourish in a way that they wouldn't be able to if you were holding on the back of their seat. Verse 30 says, now it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, you have committed a great sin. So now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out from your book, which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will, not blot, him. I will blot him out from my book. So Moses says, hold me accountable. Hold me accountable for what my people did. But God says, no, they're actually held accountable on their own. Any true leader... The last thing, any true leader assumes responsibility for the people they lead. As a leader, you have to assume responsibility for the people you lead, even if you are not fully responsible. You have to assume the responsibility for those people. This is what Moses does. He says, blot me out, an eternal reprimand from God. He says, blot me out from your book. But God says, no, you were not held responsible. You were away. You were not held responsible for it. 
But this shows us a leadership principle, right? Whenever we have people we are leading, we always need to assume responsibility for the people we lead. Although God didn't hold Moses accountable for the mistakes of the people, he assumed responsibility. And John 18, verse 10 says, then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup which my father has given me? You see this picture of Peter with righteous, indignant anger against people who are taking his savior. And he says, he says, this is not okay. So he takes a sword and he cuts off a guy's ear, maybe even tries to kill the guy because who cuts off people's ears? He's not like a fence, fencer, right? He cuts off the guy's ear. And then Jesus assumes responsibility for the moment. And he says, no, I'm not gonna allow this to deviate the plans of God right now. Instead, I'm gonna take his ear. I'm gonna put it on the soldier and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going into the plan God has for me. Leaders assume responsibility for the people that are underneath them. Leaders assume responsibility for the actions of the organization. What happens under your perusal, you're responsible for. When you lead downhill, you gotta get busy doing God's work. You need to empower people through the spirit of God and you need to assume responsibility for the people you lead. Jesus, I thank you for everybody here and I thank you, God, for helping us lead downhill. I thank you for those situations you put us in that you know we have the tools to fulfill. God, I thank you for the leadership spots that we all occupy, God, where we feel like sometimes it's just chaotic, where we feel like we come into a situation and we can't handle it, God. We lean into you. We trust your spirit. We will get busy doing your work and empower people through the spirit of God. We will not be micromanagers. And we will assume responsibility for the people you've put us over, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to our leadership podcast. If this podcast inspires you and helps you grow as a leader, help us and others out by liking, sharing, and subscribing to show your support and never miss an episode. Until next time, thank you for letting us be a part of your leadership journey.